I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It's Monday, I hope you're all well and you are enjoying the start of your week. Just one Premier League game to go on this opening weekend of the season, United in action later, getting their f- our first look at them. A couple of big games yesterday. Spurs drawing 2-2 at Brentford and then the big one at Stamford Bridge finishing 1-1 between Liverpool and Chelsea. So we've had our first look pretty much at everyone other than United when it comes to the top teams. Uh, and I think, I don't know, I thought the Chelsea-Liverpool game was a weird game yesterday, I have to admit. I didn't think there was that much quality in it. I thought Enzo Fernandez played very well for Chelsea. I thought it looked like two teams who are still very much work in progress. Uh, Chelsea about to add more players to their squad, taking their spend to about one billion in about three transfer windows. FFP well and truly in the mud there, but I think we all knew that beforehand. Anyway, Caicedo, £115 million for Moises Caicedo, a player that Arsenal, of course, wanted not so long ago. £115 million. Brighton signed him for four million. Four million just a couple of years ago. What a Big, big profit. That is what a crazy world we are now living in when it comes to transfers. 150 million for a, basically a defensive midfielder. A very good one at that. But still, that's now the uh, the going price, it seems, for midfielders. You don't score too many goals or set up many chances when you look at Caicedo, Rice, Enzo um, Fernandez as well. Mad, mad world we are living in when it comes to transfers. But anyway, we were, uh, yeah. Let me know what you guys think about that. First of all, were you disappointed that Caicedo is going to Chelsea? What do you think? Did you still want him at Arsenal? Or do you think Arsenal have got enough? But look, we'll talk about other stuff in this uh, video. I said yesterday in the episode I did yesterday that I wanted to talk a little bit more extensively about the Ramsdale-Raya situation, the goalkeeping situation at Arsenal. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kieran Tierney, um, who uh, I think we're all been expecting to leave this summer. He's still here. 
but it appears that Newcastle are still in the running for Kieran Tinney and could still yet make a move for him before the end of the transfer window. So we'll discuss that. I've got some questions and comments from you guys, of course. And as usual, which you're going to have to get used to from me, I'm afraid, the usual plug, if you didn't see it yesterday, the book comes out this month, the 31st. If you are around North London on 31st, please do come and join me at the Tollington um, for the big book launch night. You can buy copies of the book there. You can have them signed. You can take part in a QA. and a You've got a couple of guests joining me for that who I'll announce a little bit later on. Um, some prominent figures in the world of Arsenal journalism. So look forward to that. Um, and yeah, if you're around on the 31st, please do come down and join me. It's Champions League draw night as well, so you can watch it on the big screens as well. It should be a really entertaining night, so please do come and join me for that. All right, let's talk about David Raya and Aaron Ramsdale, shall we? This was a deal transfer that all started to break while I was away in Portugal, so I haven't really been able to have my say on it. And um, I think it's a really, really interesting one. I have to admit, it's one that has caught me way off. I did not expect Arsenal to be signing a goalkeeper this summer. I thought that um, Matt Turner would be staying for another year. That was the sort of information that we were getting. That it appeared that Turner would stay for another year and then potentially he'd be off to get first team football somewhere else and Arsenal would look to bring in a goalkeeper. It appears that obviously Matt Turner's desire to go and be number one, his potential concern about losing his spot as a US number one goalkeeper has forced Arsenal's hand into doing something they probably weren't quite expecting this year. I think that all those sort of things have combined to lead to this. Now, David Rowe is a player that Arsenal have wanted for a long time. They wanted him before they signed Aaron Ramsdale. They couldn't get him. Wouldn't go for the money that they were asking for. And Brentford held firm and he's stayed there. But that interest has always been there. And Naki Kanna, uh, <laughs> Arsenal's goalkeeping coach, of course, was at Brentford with David Raya. They are very close. Anaki's come over to Arsenal. Has that a big impact to Arsenal? We'll kind of put the Runison sign-in to one side, you know, just never to be talked about again. But other than that, he's had a big impact. He's worked very well with the goalkeepers. He's very popular. He's, I think he's definitely improved Aaron Ramsdale. But he has this previous relationship with David Raya. Um, and it's just a really interesting sign-in. You're basically going to have, when this goes through, and I expect it to go through, I said yesterday, from my understanding, this is, Done. He's done his stuff at Arsenal. Uh, it's just waiting to be announced. He was at the game. I, I understand he's going to be taking the number 22 shirt. By the time you're watching this, who know it might be announced. But I think that from what I understand, David Raya will be wearing the number 22 shirt at Arsenal and it's a done deal. Um, you don't often have these two, you know, out and out Premier League number one goalkeepers in the same squad. And if you do, it doesn't last very long. Think Emmy Martinez, Bernd Leno. That didn't last very long. Think... Um, I, I don't know. There's other there's other examples of it that can't come to the top of my head. But it's just one position that, as much as you want competition in a squad, the goalkeeper is one where you've always got one who's potentially quite a bit weaker than the other because that means they're not happy but more comfortable not playing as much, not getting many more as many as many minutes as you know other goalkeepers would want. That's why Matt Turner I thought was good. Uh, you know, was good. Was a good backup. Of course, that comes with negatives. If your goalkeeper gets injured, your number one goalkeeper gets injured for any significant amount of time, you're then having to turn to a goalkeeper who, just by the fact that they're happy, more than happy to sit on the bench for a long, large period of the season, means that the drop off in quality is pretty huge. Um, 
so it does come with its negatives, but obviously you hope normally that your number one goalkeeper doesn't get injured for any significant amount of time. That had not happened with Aaron Ramsdale since he signed for Arsenal. He tends to be fit and he tends to play. Having David Raya there, as well as Aaron Ramsdale, as we say, that's just two out and out number one goalkeepers. It just doesn't work, I don't think, or it doesn't work for the long time, long term, because one goalkeeper, whoever doesn't play, is going to get end up being unhappy, and that can cause problems behind the scenes because you've got an unhappy big name player, and Mikel Arteta has worked very, very hard to remove that sort of thing for his squad, to have a squad that is very, very well-oiled, committed, happy, and that he maintains very well. So I think there's a big risk involved in making this signing. I think for an Arsenal squad point of view, it's fantastic. They're going to be two really great goalkeepers. If someone got injured, you can play the other, you're in, you're in a really strong position. Um, so there's definitely positives and negatives from it, but it does just worry me a little bit. Ramsdale is really popular. And I look at this, and this is just a hunch. This is nothing to do with information I have. When I look at the long term and I think if Raya signs, who's going to be the number one goalkeeper long term? I tend to think it will be Raya. I just don't think Raya signs, Raya, Raya, however you say it, signs if he hasn't had some sort of insurances that he's going to end up playing. Because why would you sign for Arsenal if you're him? You wait, you, you let your contract run down, even if you have to stay at Brentford another year. And you go and get yourself a guaranteed starting spot at a big club because he's a very good goalkeeper and he's proven to be so. Why would he come to Arsenal if he pretty much hasn't been given assurances in one way or other that he is going to get minutes? And you know, Ramsdale's a really popular player within the dressing room. If suddenly he ends up losing his place in the team, how is that going to go down with it uh, with other players in the squad? So it definitely comes with its risks. So just a really interesting signing, I think. Uh, Matt Turner, after the game on the weekend, obviously he was playing for Manchester City, and he was talking about it to some of the journalists um, down in the mix zone. And he said, look, I think it's a good signing, a goalkeeper with a lot of experience, and I'm sure it'll make the competition really good at training every single day. Ramsdale became a really solid goalkeeper last year. It felt like every time I played well in the Europa League or FA Cup, he followed that up with two or three really good performances in the league. Every time I thought the door was cracked open a little bit, he stepped his performances up on the pitch. I know I pushed him every day in training. I can hold that close to my heart and happy to see him doing well. And I'm hoping he can stay between the sticks. Um, and it will. You, you would expect, hopefully, this will get more out of Ramsdale. If you've got David Raya there, you know you can't make too many mistakes. You've got to really step your, step your performances up and that, could benefit Arsenal for the long term, but then could it also unsettle him and make him a little bit more nervy on the on the uh, on the pitch? It's just so many things to come together with it um, that just makes it such an intriguing signing and such a bit of a risky signing as well. Obviously, it's going to be a loan by the looks of it, and then uh, although it's a loan, it's going to be one that it's going to be turned. It looks like it's more of a sort of FFP manoeuvre to have that spending in terms of the permanent transfer taking place next summer rather than this summer when Arsenal spent a lot of money. So, you know, although it's a loan, it fully expects it's going to be turned permanent sooner rather than later. Um, and it's just something that Arsenal are going to have to deal with. And it, just watching how it's all going to play out is really, really interesting. Lots of you have been getting involved about it. Um, here's, here's one sort of comment that I noted from yesterday. So glad you're back, Charles. Regarding keepers, why do teams have to have a first and second choice? Why can't Ramsdale and Rare rotate like most players in other positions? I understand most teams don't because of giving keeper confidence and stability. I just wonder why they couldn't alternate games. Not one, not just one playing in Premiership and Champions League. 
and the other in the FA Cup. That's why we have a perfect sub waiting to come on one if one gets injured. Both are excellent keepers, so let's keep and use both of them. It's an interesting one. The only issue with that, I think the goalkeeper, you just want consistency. You want to be playing a lot. I think, can you... Will your goalkeeper be at his very best if you're kind of rotating like you do other players on the pitch? Because remember, goalkeeper, you're not in action that much. You're standing around a lot. Do you get rusty if you, you're you playing every other game? Um, I think there's a really strong argument potentially for having a Champions League goalkeeper and a Premier League goalkeeper. You know, will the, Can you play Raya, for example, in the Champions League games, getting the minutes there and then just turn to Aaron Ramsdale for the Premier League games? I think there's a strong argument for that. And will that be enough to keep both goalkeepers satisfied for the long term? It could be. But I just think you're rotating your keepers is just the one area that doesn't really... I just don't think it really suits things. To me. I think you've got to have one established keeper and one uh, pretty much number two. But um, yeah, I absolutely get what you're saying there. And it is maybe, who knows? You never know with Mikel Arteta. He tends to think outside the box and that might be something that he's thinking. But I'd be surprised, I have to say. So let me know anyway what you guys think. I'm really interested to get your thoughts on what you think on the whole situation, what you think could happen long-term. Will it? Is it a good thing for Arsenal? Could it potentially be a negative? And could, is it a little bit of a worry that could upset the dressing room harmony that we've seen Mikel Arteta work so hard to build over the last couple of years. Let me know in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, turning attentions to Kieran Tierney now quickly. Now, Luke Edwards here. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the tweet up on the screen with an exclusive works of Telegraph. Really good reporter, Luke, up at the um, uh, Northeast. Uh, deals with Newcastle an awful lot. And he's um, written exclusive saying that Newcastle still want to left back on loan and that Tierney and Kukurea at Chelsea are both of strong interest. Now, we've known Newcastle have been interested in Kieran Tierney for a long time. I fully expected that to be a deal that took place this summer. It hasn't yet. Um, whether it still does remains to be seen. Tierney, of course, didn't even make the matchday squad at the weekend, um, despite some good performances in pre-season. He's a player that Arsenal are willing to let go this summer. If, the, if they can get a deal which suits them, he's a player that they want. They can. They are fully prepared to let move on in a way in a bid to bring in some money. Now, loan. Although we kind of look at that loan, you think, oh, what is the point in that? Just sell. If you're going to get rid, sell. It might not be as easy as for this, and it could be that Arsenal could agree something with Newcastle in terms of an obligation to buy next season. That will help Newcastle in terms of their FFP, and it guarantees Arsenal money next season for Kieran Tierney, who would still have two years left on his contract for that. So it's not like you're sort of kicking it down the line and you end up getting a reduced rate for Kieran Tierney. Um, so I don't think a loan for Kieran in this regard, as long as you can get an obligation to buy 
would be anything bad, especially with a, a club like Newcastle. And I think he just deserves to go, Kieran Tinney. He doesn't deserve to not make a match day squad. I feel that's really harsh. He's too good a player for that. He's worked too hard at Arsenal. He's given too much to Arsenal. If you're not going to play him, if he's not going to be in a match day squad, Arsenal need to facilitate a transfer. They need to find a way of getting Kieran Tinney out the door because it's just not fair to him. And um, I think he deserves more than that. I think the service he's given when he's been fit, the way he's handled himself, the way he's committed himself, I think he deserves to go and um, he deserves to be played. I think he walks into pretty much any Premier League side. I think he improves most Premier League side. And I've said it before. I just feel like Arsenal, the way they've evolved, the way they play, have just moved on a little bit in terms of Kieran Tierney and the left back that he is. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be against at all if Newcastle do come in. I know he's kind of strengthening a rival there, but I think if you want maximum value for a player, that sometimes you just have to deal now with Premier League clubs. It's not ideal, but we're seeing it happen more and more. Um, and I wouldn't be at all, I wouldn't feel unhappy if Kieran Tierney joined Newcastle, but I think they'd have to get an obligation to buy. I don't want just a normal clause in a deal that they could trigger it to, to make it permanent next season. I think if you're going to strike a deal with Newcastle on loan now this summer, then it has to come with an obligation to turn it permanent next season. But again, please do let me know in the comments below your thoughts on that one. Okay, let's talk a few about a few of your questions and comments. Now, there's a couple here from the same guy. They they think I'm mad. Do you know? Um, I grouped them together because they're from the same person, and I want to talk about them both. One said, "I remember the concern over signing Luke Seaman when Lukic was our keeper and was very popular fans. Absolutely spot on. Um, I remember it very well. Well, it was a real shock when Arsenal when George Graham decided to sign David Seaman. You said John Lukic had been." Such an important player for Arsenal in the rebuild under George, winning the League Cup, and then you know playing such a key role in the um, League title win in 1989 as well. And then suddenly signed David Seaman from QPR, and like, why are you doing that? We don't need to do that. And look how that worked out. Um, but it did lead to Lukic leaving the club. And again, when you got two keepers like that, ends up it's just hard to keep them both at the same club. Seaman signed; it was brilliant, and he became this absolute superstar. And Lukic went on had a very good career himself outside of Arsenal before coming back, of course. So, But again, one of them left. And that's what I do feel long-term. If Raya signs, I don't see them both being at Arsenal long-term. I'd be very, very surprised. On the other one, you say here, letting goals in at home was our problem last season. 14, win at home, 14 wins at home, Charles, only two losses. Don't rewrite history because of one or two games at the end of last season, Southampton and Bournemouth. I'm not rewriting history, but Arsenal conceded 25 goals at home last season. Then he conceded 18 away. It was a problem that went last throughout the season it didn't stop them winning games so obviously their quality at the other end of the pitch ensured that it wasn't a problem that cost them too many points but it's something that you've got to work on you can't be conceding seven more goals at home than you do away it just you need to have a better defensive record at home you know the amount I, I can't even remember how many clean sheets Arsenal kept at home last season it wasn't many they kept plenty away from home and that's um, and that was great. And, you know, I'm, it, it's not, it wasn't a huge problem last year because Arsenal won so many games. But you don't want to have to keep scoring three, four goals a game to win matches, especially at home. You've just got to keep more clean sheets. So, yeah, that was what I meant when I talked about that. Uh, here's one from Carlo. He says, welcome back, Charles. Can you give your season predictions? Top six, bottom three, top scorer and player of the year. Good one, Carlo. I will do just that for you all to laugh at me at the end of the season how wrong I would have been. Okay, look, top six. I'm being positive on this one. I'm going Arsenal title winners. 20 years on from the Invincibles, it is coming home. So my top six is Arsenal, number one, City, two, 
Liverpool, I think, are going to come back into the top three, uh, top four uh, seasons. I think Liverpool are going to be third. I think United are going to be fourth. Then I'm going Chelsea fifth and Newcastle six. I just think Liverpool are going to score plenty of goals. I think they're going to be pretty mad to watch this year. I think they're going to ship lots of goals, but I think they're going to score lots of goals. And so I think they're going to sneak themselves back into the top three, even with Europa League football to contend with. So I'm going with them third. I think United are just strong under Ten Hag. I think they'll be stronger if they sign a proper centre forward. Um, I know they've signed Hoyland, but I'm far from convinced that he is someone who's going to come in and hit the ground running. I might be wrong, but I I still think they should have signed a more experienced centre forward to really... um, move on this season so but I think they won't concede many goals and I think they'll come fourth I think Chelsea with the money they've spent with the midfield that they're putting together now I think are going to be strong I think if Jackson scores goals and I do like the look of him I think he's got potential to be a good striker I think Chelsea will get fifth and I think Newcastle will be there thereabouts a little drop off from last season because probably the Champions League um, but I think they'll still be there or thereabouts because they're a very good team so that's my top six Arsenal City Liverpool United Chelsea um, and Newcastle, I think the bottom three, I think Wolves are going to really struggle. I just really do. I don't think they've done too much in the transfer window. They've lost, um, uh, they've lost I forgot how to pronounce it, Lokotegu, uh, just before the season started. Gary Neal did well at Bournemouth, but I think it's going to struggle a little bit. I think Wolves might go down. So I've got Wolves, Sheffield United and Luton as my bottom three. I'm not sure if you mean player of the season and top scorer for Arsenal or the Premier League as a whole. Player of the season, though, it doesn't really matter because I think Bukayo Saka is going to win both. I think he'll be the player of the season for the Premier League and I think he'll be Arsenal player of the season as well. And in terms of top scorer, I think Gabriel Jesus will be top scorer for Arsenal. If you mean the Premier League, I still have to say Harden because he's just a machine, robot, and I think he'll still be top scorer. So they're my predictions. Thank you very much for that question, Carlo. Uh, Here's one from Andrew to finish off now. says, good to have you back. Question, despite the FA Cup success, it took a long time for Arteta to get working well to the point that it showed inconsistent results in league table position. How unwavering were you in your support of Arteta during this time and why? Good question. Uh, And if you buy a certain book that comes out on August the 31st, then um, you might get more of an in-depth answer on this one. Um, Look, I... How unwavering, I mean, I've certainly creaked a few times when Arsenal started the season with three straight defeats and were bottom of the table and looked a bit of a mess. That was a bit worrying. I think even before that, that period in the season before leading up to Christmas, culminating in the defeat at Everton just before Christmas when I think Arsenal was 16th and just a few points above relegation. You know, if he'd have got sacked then, he would have had no complaints. And, um, you know, Arsenal looked shambles at that point. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, my support wasn't unwavering by any means. And I don't think he could have complained if he got sacked. But the thing always I always thought when it came to Arteta, I could see what he was doing and speaking to people at the club, seeing what he was doing, speaking to the players, they never, ever, ever lost faith in him. And that... I think I always held on to that and thought I could see what he was trying to do and everyone else who worked with him could see what he was trying to do. And that, I always felt fairly positive about that. Under Emery, I could see it was broken. I could see it. I could feel it. I could, you know, when I was at the training ground and watched training, I could visibly see that the relationship was broken. The players didn't believe in him anymore. It it just broken down. He had to go. It was so obvious. I never felt like that with Mikel Arteta. I could always see what he was trying to do. I knew there were some really difficult decisions that had to be made. He was taking them and it was always going to take time to 
get to where we are now. And so, yeah, my I wasn't unwavering in the support because there were certainly times I thought, you know what, he might have to go here because results aren't... You, if you, you've got to get results if you're an Arsenal manager, you have to. And he wasn't getting them. And I thought if he went, then he wouldn't have had any complaints and I wouldn't have complained either. But I could always see the long-term picture with Mikel Arteta and I couldn't see that with Unai Emery and that's why I supported him a, a fair amount more. And results have proved that, you know, he's a very good manager and he's certainly taking Arsenal in the right direction. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. I do appreciate your time as always. And thank you for all the kind messages welcoming me back. Just, uh, yeah, lastly, of course, ending as I finished, please do come down to this event. I really want to see you down there. If you haven't ordered a pre-order yet, you can do. I'll drop the link below in the description of today's video if you're watching this on YouTube. But if you don't pre-order a copy and you are in North London on the 31st, come down to this event. You can buy your copy there. I'll sign it. We'll have a good chat all things Arsenal, and should be a really good night. So thanks for support, everyone. Have a really good day. I'll speak to you very, very soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.